that being said, let's go ahead and swap from this video to da, 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 what do we got? We got imagery on renders and things like that. We'll just let that go through. Um, we got some good things. What's that, Faisal? Oh, I'm sorry. He's so used to that look. It's like he's had something to say and he just doesn't, you know, damn. You know, on days, on moments like that, I can't tell if I'm just like teasing myself by putting that up there. I, I don't know, man. <sighs> it's okay. He's here with us in spirit, man. You know, it's it's weird not hearing the giggles, though, right? I'm not gonna lie. It's a little weird. It it seems much quieter to me without his like giggles. Is it just me? Yeah, it feels. No, it's tough. not actually. It does. It does it feel does like feel a lot quieter. <laughs> a, a void. It does, right? It's it's a trip, man. But that's how you know he's missed everybody. All right. As he rose to his feet, he quickly realized something inside of him was different. He felt what almost seemed to be an echo. The echo and the gift of life and creation coursed through him. He thought of the pulsing crystal, crystal at the center of the gateway he had entered and arrived through. As he contemplated this, he realized that the area was under attack. He witnessed another traveler who stood before him get struck with an arrow to his chest and immediately turned to ash and crumbled before him. The Pathfinder became alert in preparation for the battle that may soon ensue. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome again, Daedalus. Welcome back, buddy. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, Half Tilt. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys doing tonight? Not too bad. Not too bad, man. Pretty good. Pretty good. Got a whole bunch of stuff and things to talk about today, y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Title Some of juice. The... Yeah, juice. <laughs> or even ash. Because <laughs> today we're gonna be talking about the Phoenix effect, and that's gonna make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> yes, I am in the middle of the day, Magista. How you doing, buddy? We're down a Pathfinder today, I'm afraid. We're down Faisal. He had to move. Couldn't be here today, unfortunately. But, you know, we uh, we carry the torch, man. I'm um, looking over. Let's see here. I'm looking over some stuff and things. Before we dig in too far, though, I want to give a big shout-out to the home of this podcast over at AshesHQ.com, the community-curated website for Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout-out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thanks so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week, friends. And uh, with that being said, let's dig in, right? I'm going to remind everybody you can call and leave a message at 1-539-664-6801. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, let people know, you know, this is a, a legit place um, that we do podcasting. That'd be great. Um, let people know the algorithm there that... Uh, we do things regularly and it really does help to kind of like bump us up in terms of, uh, you know, exposure and letting people find the podcast. So yeah. And, um, big takeaways, man. So today's called the Phoenix effect for a reason. Um, and we are going to be talking about that here soon. And, uh, yeah, so we had the March 26th live stream and man, we, uh, 
we got it. it it was a lot it was quite a bit to me in terms of what we actually got in terms of content and things like that um man i mean I'm, i think before we dig in i want to just kind of gather from you all what you feel like the main takeaways were for you i mean i'll probably start with the visuals mm -hmm. i mean i love the armor especially the plate armor um i just kept like you know waiting for that to come back into the you know in the rotation of the images they were showing i just i think that was like you know a really badass looking piece of armor um i was actually pretty happy with um the fact that they're looking to have a solid seven to eight dungeons ready for alpha mm -hmm. that was pretty surprising um to me i liked the commentary as well on the legendaries and how they weren't necessarily game changers they were like incrementally better but there was still some you know a requirement on player mm -hmm. skill to be able to effectively use a legendary it just that also made me feel good um about the balance but there was just so much i mean i could probably go on for the whole podcast it's like different little things that they talked about but those were probably the mains for me outstanding i think one of the coolest things was seeing the environment shift where the corruption is spreading and taking over i love that it, it almost had like a silent hill vibe to it if it just gets into this creepy eerie like evil and death is taking over the world here and the fact that you run in there and there's immediately appropriate npcs in there granted it's not populated fully yet not even close but it's got the ancient boss in there and the golem and it, it just had a really cool vibe i really enjoyed that um i like their scope of size and scale for everything that they're planning on bringing in for the alpha one test um like up until this point it has been a pre-alpha test from my understanding not the true alpha one test so to see the environment growing and a lot of the subsystems, you know, like Steven explained with the node leveling system, they only need to go up to level three. Beyond that, we know mechanically that the node progression system works. It's just now adding in different numbers and cosmetics. Or, <laughs> so seeing all that really coming together, I really, really like that. Obviously, the visuals. I mean, I'm not going to talk about the plate armor. This is quickly going to become a PG-13 podcast. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> I love that they started off and addressed the... Uh, delay and what caused the delay as well. I'm very, very happy with the answer that Steven gave for that and that he addressed the issue in a transparent manner, but without going into any crazy details. Um, I, like The details were not necessary beyond what he said, I thought. So I was very happy because I, I feel like he put a lot of people at ease with that, um, with that address. Mm -hmm. So main takeaways for me uh, were that they did do some discussion points around the game engine uh was being upgraded to unreal 4.26 uh, that they had some new hiring coming up soon um that they might hold a job pair to recruit and they also talked about true 40 person raid boss as being worked on currently which was that's something that was mentioned previously by uh, jeff i think and he's talking mm -hmm. about a true raid boss they're working on that um they also mentioned a lot more in terms of like content but they also stress that like even though we are going to have seven to eight dungeons uh that are being worked on for alpha one and even though there's going to be like these true raid bosses and things of that nature like it's still important to keep in mind that you know when it comes down to it you know we're not trying to deliver content we're giving you stuff to test but most importantly what we're working on 
is making sure that the game systems and the things that they need to actually make sure the game is on a secure foundation is at the forefront. And that's like the primary goal. Um, and so they kind of mentioned like, even though there's going to be content, you know, we're not focused on the content specifically. We're focused on the game and, and the systems and things like that, which I thought was really important to point out because I think sometimes when people test a game, they might have this like, you know, this perception that like, well, okay, cool. So we're going to get in here and test it. Now I'm going to get to see what the game is. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to see what the game is. You're going to see what the test environment for the game is. And that's a very different thing. Um, yeah. The biggest takeaway for me was the Phoenix effect. But first, I think it's important that we, uh, let's just, let's see here. I'm trying to think, man. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. We are missing somebody in Faisal. Oh, Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention this. Um, you see, Faisal, I understand that when Faisal arrives, things might get better. So maybe if we summon the spirit of Faisal, the essence of Faisal, then perhaps things will get a little bit smoother here. I think I figured out what the issue was. Oh, wait, things look good. I think we resolved it. Oh, my gosh. You mean it was because Faisal wasn't here? Thanks a lot. Shout out to Dread Talk for that image. Uh, we got our favorite social bunny, Faisal, here. He's not actually here, but he's here in spirit for the show. That ought to, that ought to resolve some things. So, <laughs> he's here. He's here with apologize. I apologize. My camera would flip, so when I did this, it, I, 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 I meant it to be the belly. Oh, man. Look, man. We, the Phoenix Effect, okay? We've, I'm just going to jump ahead to this one before we even do anything else. And I hope that people don't mind that I'm doing that. But, um, you see this, that was my main takeaway that right there, that, that right there, my friends, what? Yeah. The that Phoenix is such effect. cool. I love that dying. The. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. Anybody else's little lore, uh, I don't know, lore feelers tingling a little bit? Mine, mine were because Steven was talking briefly about how when you come through the gateway, right, you're essentially like imbued with the spark of, right, the, the goddess of creation imbues you with the spark, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this was my main takeaway because I love the lore. And when he said that, I, I thought immediately of that crystal that we've talked about before in the center of the gateway and how that crystal could potentially be this thing. I have this like theory, right? That the crystal is what is responsible for taking away the ability to utilize magic. So my, my theory is that when the people escaped Vera, that the crystal in the center might have had something to do with changing one's ability to have this maybe spark of creation that maybe allows people to, you know, utilize magic. Because on Sanctus, there's none there. And my, my thought was always, okay, so is Sanctus a place devoid of magic where it just doesn't exist? As in it's like not as... You know, like maybe it's like really far away from being aligned with, you know, magic. When you think of the different planes of existence or realms, you got the ones where the gods exist, you got the void, and you got like where Vera's at. 
So is Sanctus like on the same sort of plane as Vera? And if so, then is the reason that people can't use magic there because their souls don't aren't imbued with this spark of creation that maybe potentially allows them to? And so what he said was really cool, and that was that when you come to Vera, the spark, you know, is something that's within you. And he's he's kind of explaining that when you die, and this was the freaking coolest part, man. When you die, you turn to ash. And so there's almost this like element within the game that they've been discussing. Now keep in mind this this animation we're looking at is not like the final. This is like the earliest iteration of it. Mm-hmm. But they were discussing how <laughs> potentially like you die and you're a little pile of ash. And so think about killing somebody in the game, right? You kill some player, they burst into ash. They they, you know, that's their corpse. You go sifting through the ashes to to loot stuff, basically. It was like what they were talking about. I was like, that yeah, is super that was cool. Pretty cool. Wasn't it? That is awesome. Yeah, and honestly, this was like a nice little surprise they had in there mm-hmm. um, about this. And I thought that was like a really cool thing is like they're trying to tie the lore into every aspect. Because I know we've, I mean, mm-hmm. if any of us are familiar with an animation of dying in an MMO, it's, it's this group right here, right? Because it happens, yeah. you know? whether we wanted to or not. And so there's always like, you know, that there's definitely been some good work done around this. This is, I feel like really Mm -hmm. unique and, and I really like it. I like that they're thinking about these little things that really tie in the lore to every aspect. So yeah, it's really cool. And we know that there's going to be, storylines and quest lines that stem from death. You're actually going to have to die at least once to really close that loophole, whether that's whether that it achieves mm-hmm. anything for your character or if it's just to satisfy your lore itch, which, you know, you could have somebody else die for you and tell you how that went for them. Sure. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there, there's going to be a lot of information into that. I think we're going to mm-hmm. learn a lot more about what... Uh, how your theories there is, Sim. I, I I like where you're going with that, and I can see that really being tied back into one roundabout type thing here. I mean, there's like, and the thing is, is like respawn points that we've seen in some of their footage, right? Is like a crystal, like so you see this element of a crystal in multiple parts of the game already. You think you see it as your respawn points, your respawn points. You see it as the center of the gateway. And Steven's talking about the spark, and then you talk about the people leave, and there's nothing, no magic there. I mean, they had the access to magic when they left Vera. You know, they were attuned or whatever to it before. So, like, something clearly changed within them, I think. Not so much that where they went changed, because I'm working under the assumption that Sanctus is on the same plane as Vera, but the reason that you don't have access to it there has something to do with what the gateway does when it sends you there. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's a possibility. So, yeah, just just me and my thoughts, man. You know, but I'm super curious to see what comes from this. Um, and I'm just going to leave that up there because it's so damn cool. But I'm like super excited to see this play out in game because that's just one of the that's got to be the coolest way to die in a game I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Definitely the best one I have seen yet. I'm telling you, man. Beautiful. Although I, I will be entirely honest, I don't know if I'm super keen about Steven's idea of a chat bubble that pops up overhead, unless there's a very large number of different things that can be said. Because some of us 
maybe not everybody, but some of us, we, we die more frequently than others. And I don't want to see the same thing on my screen, like six night, six times in one night, you know, I don't feel so good. I think I'm okay with it. I'll just, I'll just, in my, I'll just like, and every time I die, I'll be like, rise from your grave or something. If I have, if you could put some like customizable messages in there or like achievement, unlock things, you've died a hundred times. Now you get this message. And the Dirt yeah. Pan Club too in chat from Gruntagalo. That's funny. They had a studio update. I'm gonna go ahead and read this. I said we might be accelerating the timeline of getting into the new studio. The spot tests have been ramped up as of today. They've moved from Unreal Engine 4.25 to 2.6. Uh, regarding the recent announcement of the delay and the NDA lift, we'd like you to understand that sometimes unpredictable things do come up during game development. Thankfully, the help of our alpha testers, we've been able to make some significant improvements regarding the problems. So it's good to discover these hiccups earlier than later. Since our goal is to eventually scale up and accommodate 250 versus 250 PvP, we need to ensure that we iron out a lot of the core systems early on to de- ensure development pro- progresses uh, smoothly. So besides these, of course, we're planning on uh, having a solid 7 to 8 uh, dungeon ready for Alpha, and they're really hard at work to ensuring that's completed. Um, they also said that combat's currently a big push for the team, which I heard that and I was like, yes! Yes, thank you. Because the combat's the thing that I'm probably... There's probably, like, a few things that, for me, are, like, the things I would say are what I watch or am I, I'm concerned about the most. One is, like, the server performance. Right? Two is combat. And three is going to be, is the story going to be really engaging? Like, am I going to feel really immersed into the story? Because one of the things, for me, personally, that really ties me into a game is if the story's really good, right? Like if the story's really good, like I'm hooked and I'm I'm just dug in, period. Um, and so that's for me the thing that I think I would probably be wanting to, you know, wanting to see those three things. And so combat, server performance, are things that they already have on the agenda. Said it's a big push, using a brand new tool to author abilities and work on them more responsibly. So that was something I was like, I'm curious about. It says once we're done with this, combat should feel a lot better. After this, we've got a bunch of additional things, weird stuff, cool stuff, and more that we need to try out to see what fits into the game. But we'll be going step-by-step for the combat changes. So you will see the changes to the combat come in little by little, and we'll be having heavy feedback stages for each change. The new combat changes won't come out of the box perfect, but it being an iterative process is key. And also regarding the in-game economy, the current Alpha 1 game economy is not representative of the final economy needs to have a lot of work done to it and they'll keep the economy testing later but currently we're working on systems that come in before the game's economy so just saying like when you get in there and you're going and you're you know because they did show the need greed role aspect if you guys noticed that yeah i didn't catch it but yeah they I were, did, yeah. yeah they were running and steven made a point to point out when he was alluding that there was a need to greed, need or greed uh you know kind of like pop up for the loot window um but yeah, none of the none of it currently. It's like literally you're just you're looting stuff and you're selling it for gold. There's no real representative economy. Like even the caravan system, if it's in there, isn't really going to represent the economy. None of that stuff's really representative. Even even if you go in and you apply to be a mayor or, you know, purchase a home or whatever, you're not really going to probably see where that stuff, how the money is really tied in together, uh, right away. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, so I've got the video playing. We got to see those foxes, you know, from the recent uh, cosmetic pack that they had come out. They fly. 
That was cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's like Tails from Sonic. Tails from Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) It was really cool changes, man. It was really really cool to look at that. Oh, absolutely. To see them, you know. Um, Also noticed that the, I don't know if it was just me, but I felt like the environment itself seemed crispier this time. Was that just me or do you guys? No, I agree. I, I felt like it was. Yeah, I concur with that. It it felt this is my first time seeing this area and I honestly was glued to my phone making pancakes for the kiddos this morning <laughs> watching the starting area and I'm just like this is your first impression when you zone into the game like this is you could make a decision if you want to play this game or not and this looks mm. beautiful. Yes. And and I think Jeff kind of mentioned the importance of that later on in the stream. Yeah. But yeah, it looks good. good Crisp, solid, detailed. Yeah, absolutely. Look at the fire there. Like that's just beautiful fire. Environment's gorgeous. Like, yeah, it's very nice. I mean, each time we see something on their live stream, it's like we get another clip of the environment, a render. I mean, it's it's I don't know, man. You know, some people I see them saying some things about how you know, like Look at them walking in their fox line. That's funny. I didn't catch that one. It was live originally. Lol. The RP walk, right? <laughs> All right, let's go get in order here and walk through the town square. Yeah, things definitely have been cleaned up, though. Um, I definitely can agree with that. Um, what's that, Faisal? Oh, nothing to say. No giggles today. It's unfortunate. I thought. I thought. I'm sorry. I just see the face on a bunny, and I kind of think to myself, like he's gonna say something to him because look how intently he's looking. He's like, whoa. I actually feel like he's staring at me. Is that weird or? It's so serious. Oh, shit. Okay. He's silently judging me. <laughs> Man. Yeah, we have the need to greed shown. Um, the corrupt area, which is something we're going to see here in a little bit. Um, yeah, I might actually skip ahead to that part here in a minute because that was that was crazy, dude. And we, we got to see. I'm actually going to skip ahead a bit to the corrupt area right around here my friends now if you're like oh and sim but i want to watch that it's like we'll go check out their youtube right because they got the whole video there for you friends if you missed it the corrupt area was really cool man uh that had me just like glued in to it because the colors were great like the the crystals man you know you see in the apocalypse lore the talk of crystals and how that impacts things in the world and how it ties into corruption um, there was a discussion point from them about how as the world evolves, which they've talked about this even even far as far back as the Kickstarter video, right? As as the player or players level the world up, not only do things for the player level up, but so do the nodes and the cities. And also, as mentioned in the last live stream, these areas of corruption. So I think what we're seeing here that seems quite, you know, quite simple and it seems like this real, like, you know, kind of low-key corrupt area. I think what we're actually looking at is a corrupt area, you know, in the in its youngest or, you know, lowest level form before it probably bolsters. And I see things like this and I go, you know, we talk about how the, when the nodes develop, we're going to get to see uh, some of these, uh, you know, like a node develops and then you awaken something, right? Something potentially dark and ominous could be a dragon it could be and i'm thinking well it could be corrupt creatures that have been laid dwelling silently and quietly for eons while people have been gone 
while you know maybe most of the population's been in the underrealm. Who knows? We don't really know until we find out, but I saw this and we saw this creature coming up here in a little bit that we talked about before. And I remember seeing this, it almost looked like a golem, this like 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 rebar sort of golem creature or whatever, right? And we actually get to see it here in a little bit. And it had an interesting name, um, which was well, let me find it. Let me find it. I have the name saved here. Watch me like not be able to find it, right? But the suffering, suffering. wanderer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the suffering wanderer. And I I saw that and I was like. So the corruption distorts and manipulates everything it touches. Right? Starts with a whisper. Once you you are initially corrupt, you you it starts with this whisper, right, in your head, you hear. And then eventually it takes over and you know it becomes more. It becomes this driving force to how people react, right? Corrupts everything it touches. And so when I saw that, I thought, Suffering Wanderer, was that a person once? You know, I wondered. wondered. And they've just been like severely perverted over maybe thousands of years Mm -hmm. by the corruption. Maybe. What if it gets turned into this, you know, this creature that's, you know, some corrupt (laughs) rebar creature that's walking around and doing its thing. But it's like, you know, I think suffering wonder and I think, well, it doesn't seem like you had a choice. So what were you before? In this area. And they've mentioned, I think it was during the their 24-hour charity stream, how different tiers of the ancients take on different forms kind of for their full, yes. their yep. thing, like the lieutenant that we'll yep. see here shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a caste system that I want to point out, similar to how there's a caste system for the Tolnar. Not saying that that's necessarily a thing. I'm just saying, you know, you know. Contemplative, that's all. The Can't way fly. that thing runs. <laughs> like, if that doesn't kind of make your make you pucker up a bit, like wow. <laughs> I right. was just thinking that. <laughs> got my got my tinfoil hat. This is from the LFM show last week. We had a look, it's relevant if you want to understand, just go watch the LFM show. But my point is I had a tinfoil hat competition. I won, by the way. I think that my the audience was biased though, because we're mostly Ashes fan, I think. <laughs> That's some pretty epic craftsmanship. I'll give you that. Thanks. It took oh, me wow, approximately. You like it? It's very aerodynamic, right? I was going to be like, is that the flash? Did, I, did we just get the flash on stream or what? <laughs> the flash on stream. <laughs> Silver Surfer? What's happening? Silver Surfer. Yeah, <laughs> man. Tinfoil hat moment. But, you know, I think there's something to the, the, the Tolnar cast system and the fact that there's a cast system to, but, but to the ancients, but, or to, not to the ancients, I'm sorry, but to the corrupt creatures and some of the others slash ancients whatever we want whatever terminology we want to go with here um it's it's a theory but until we find out we won't know for sure right but we had the father of fear something they fight here um which was another ancient creature um and then we've got um you know they're discussing uh you know play these creatures in the world as they get to it here in a little bit and we do have some things to show off renders and things, which I'll show off here in a little bit um, during the show. But. Oh man. So I'm, I'm taking this point as like a, this is Sims really bad note taking during watching what Steven said. And he said, why respawning occurs 
Phoenix has mythological features, rebirth and creation, and the cycle of life and death, right? And they've talked forever that the rebirth element and the Phoenix like theme, that the theme is something very big across this entire game, right? And said, mm-hmm. as you enter, this is Steven's words, as you enter into Vera through the gateway, you are empowered with the spark of life from the goddess herself houses a portion of what that represents for the essence of creation will be tied to death and how you are looted. I feel like that whole crystal thing is a thing. That's all I'm saying. I think that was like that right there. Let's go back to my quote in the middle. I'm only trying to convince you for 25% of the show. Okay. (laughs) It's the essence version of uploading your consciousness <laughs> to the higher power. The the that crystal cool. saves your consciousness so you can respawn into a new husk. I dig it. I mean, into it makes sense because if you've got like, you know, red crystals that are corruption, corrupt, corruption oriented, red, orange, right? But then you've got a blue floating crystal in the mm-hmm. center of the divine gate. I don't know. I, I think there's some symmetry there. And I did notice in the stream, too, there was some other colors of crystals. I don't know if that was because they haven't textured in them. Or I'm wondering if crystal, different types of crystals or different types of essences that you might be able to collect or, you know, somehow use to empower your gear. I think that would be, like, a pretty cool tie-in, too. Um, But, yeah, I I thought um, I definitely i am agreeing with your tinfoil hatting on the... Yes. on the crystals i think there's there's some symmetry there that that i'm starting to see as well mm-hmm. and the thing is about the crystals like some of the different colored crystals like if you notice now i don't know you know the exact like reason or rationale for this but if you think back to like that that fight they showed us of fighting the ancients that 40 person you know where they basically beef their stats up and all that if you look back at that that video you will notice that like, and you notice it here in this fight too, with the father of fear, you notice that like the ancient, like in that past 40 person fight that we saw the ancient like glowed in its chest. And it was like that bluish or purplish color, whatever. And the crystals are the same, you notice in this fight, it's the same thing. So, you know, is that like an actual, you know, is that like some modified you way to utilize corruption whereas like maybe this uh these like orange or amber sort of reddish crystals that we see in the world or maybe like just more of like this baseline um crystal formation for the corruption right like unmanipulated just corruption as it is at standard that's kind of what i've thought about too because like it seems that like you know obviously the ancients right they they want to pervert creation corruption is their method in which they do so it makes complete sense that them using crystals and stuff like that is like their way of utilizing how they're harnessing corruption to try to fight or whatever. Right. So seeing that, you know, but it just makes me wonder too, is that like tied into caste systems? Is it something different? Um, yeah, it's just hard not to think about that and wonder about that. You know, what types of magic do they do or they use? They summon different kinds of crystal formations as almost like totems or something to utilize their magic. Um, and if you get hit by it or they, or whatever, it, it does certain types of damage to you. Um, or I'm getting into a little theory crafting here and kind of going off a bit, but you know, I think about that and I think types of schools of magic types of damage you could take ways they can harness elements, um, you know, dark and ominous things. 
that's makes perfect sense. My mind was going there as well. Like a red crystal, maybe this is more of a physical mm -hmm. um, corruption. and You're going to deal with more physical based damage abilities from the bosses in this area. Whereas the purple could have been more, you know, uh, void magic or something like that. And you yeah. could have different colors. You have the yellow crystals for wind or lightning. I also wonder if the colors represent um, levels as well. Like the, the twins, the, mm. the purple guys, they were level 10, I believe yeah. this guy. I don't think they, he mentioned the level that I caught. They just right. said that they're probably not going to be able to beat him, at least not without, you know, GM hacks. Right. So maybe he's a level five, maybe he's a level 15, 20. I don't know could be something along those lines when i think of crystals i think of resonance right like a frequency and a resonating frequency we talk about the whispers of the corruption they're whispering in your ears the more powerful they get the more crystals around that's how they spread those whispers is that resonating frequency that you're hearing the sound now perpetuated by the crystals themselves so that's kind of how the corruption spreads that's that's how i'm reading into it right now and it's it's it, it, i love the theory crafting i love this yeah, I'm going back to this. Anybody want to? Can we talk about how that stinking wandering? Look at that suffering wonder goes down on all fours and runs at you like some creepy ass. Look at that, some creepy yeah. creature. It's like boom, oh, all fours. Here I come. You're like, wait, what is going on here? Oh. Looks like a crab just learned how to run <laughs> forwards. Right. <laughs> Terrifying in a good way. I see the chat. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, literally, that was my reaction to Dread to Talk. I was like, what is going on? Jeez, man. So loved the, the feedback that they gave us on that. And we got some Q&A pieces here we're going to read through in a little bit as well. Um, yeah, the father of fear, man. It, it just... God, man, I, I did not expect to see ancients in, in the alpha environment. And the more and more I see of them, the more and more I'm so curious about just like, you know... Like, what's the story, man? Like, what's their agenda? It's really hard to, like, see this and not go, like, what are they here for? What are they doing? Like, what are they... You know, we know they want to spread corruption, but why is the whole planet not corrupt? That's something else I've wondered about. I'm sorry. I'm just, like, going off on a, on a, on the sidebars today in in so many different, like, contemplative stages because when I, when I felt like this one delivered a lot to us, it probably didn't seem like much to some people, but to me, the implications around... The crystals, the creatures, uh, the abilities, the environment, like it, it just ties into so many different things for me. And I just, you know, I think about all the lore. I think about the agenda. You know, when we come back, I, I even think about like, so then why is the gateway opened again? Is it because the Phoenix is reborn? Like, is it because of something different? But seriously, why is the planet not fully corrupt? If they want to pervert all of creation, why not all the trees? Why not all the mountains? What's going on here? especially for how long, long it's been yes. that we've been in Sanctus. Also, I <laughs> wanted to know, I didn't catch if that boss spawned those purple crystals or if those were already there but around him, but there was a few small crystal formations mm -hmm. that were like a deep purple and they really mm -hmm. stood out from the rest of the ready orange ones. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that too. That's I was thinking point. the same thing as they were as the creature was casting as well. I'm wondering if that's how they channel their powers. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good thing to contemplate. Who knows, dude? Here we are, friends. Probably one of the important parts of their live stream. 
and the video part of the showcase. There wasn't a ton of video showcase. Like, the corrupt area was really amazing. You know, there was a little bit of, like, fighting between some of them and, like, kind of walking through the area. We got to see the foxes. Cool, cool, cool. All that stuff's great. This part right here that we're looking at, though, which we're going to be seeing it, seeing us, like, seeing them go through is that Steven's going to summon bears. I think it was on purpose. I think he summoned a thousand on purpose just to show everybody that look what we've been able to fix and accomplish here. We've been working on some of these concerns that we've had, right? If this wasn't a proof of progress, mm. I don't know what is. Yeah. I agree. What I talked about last time was show people, communicate it. This is just my opinion, my feedback. Communicate what you're working on and then show them that you've accomplished it or your progress on accomplishing it. And that's exactly what this was right here. That's a lot of bears. They're going to get their ass whooped in a second. And you're going, but Sim, I can't see that. This is why you should join the live show on Sundays. Just saying. Get that lag, though. <laughs> and, and he's also made an emphasis to note that all of these bears, they're all got full AI table, AI programming, uh, all these processes happening in the mm -hmm. background. They're not just a bunch of, you know, brain dead bears sitting out there. They're mm -hmm. actual bears as you would encounter them yeah. uh, in the game. So like that's, that at, made it a, an impressive feat for sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, man, that is pretty sick, dude. Like, it lags up. That's totally fine by me. I don't have any issue whatsoever with the fact that it lagged up. But the fact that he did this on the live stream was probably one of the biggest takeaways, right? There's not a lot of players there, I know. But this was a big deal to showcase this for me. Well, I remember last week I, w I had posed the query about how the 5,000 Bears interacted client-side. Well, now we kind of got to see how the thousand bears impacted client side. And let's keep in mind, he mentioned this at the top of the show this he's running this recording it in 4k on a 1080 TI. He's on a much older generation. Sure. A premium card for its generation, but a much older generation video card. So in 4k, that's pretty impressive. I was just really glad to see this man. Like it lags things up and there's like it's choppy, man. There might even be some desyncing or whatever going on, but like it didn't crash with all that. Getting to see this with a lot of people is gonna be, you know, seeing a lot of creatures in the world and then a lot of people in the world. Yeah, it gets a little choppy. Yeah, it does, you know. But you you know, summoning a bunch of bears like that, and you you're gonna expect that in a in most live games these days, if you get that much in one place. You know? pretty normal that you're going to experience that. I mean, you can't get away with playing Cyrodiil without having that happen pretty regularly unless you're just on a beast PC and it's a good day in the, in the game, man, you know, cause it's just, there's a lot of games where you don't get that many people or creatures in one area at the same time and not have something. So I'm very hopeful that they'll be able to work towards eliminating some of those like, you know, performance issues that are there and still continuing to iterate upon them. That being said, let's go ahead and swap from this video to da, 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 da. what do we got? We got imagery on renders and things like that. We'll just let that go through. Um, we got some good things. What's that, Faisal? Oh, I'm sorry. He's so used to that look. It's like he has something to say and he just doesn't, you know, damn. 
You know, on days, on moments like that, I can't tell if I'm just like teasing myself by putting that up there. I, I don't know, man. <sighs> it's okay. He's here with us in spirit, man. You know, it's it's yeah, weird but... not hearing the giggles, though, right? I'm not gonna lie. It's a little weird. It it seems much quieter to me without his like giggles. Is it just me? Yeah, it feels. No, it's yeah. not. Actually, it does. It does it feel does like feel it, a lot quieter. <laughs> a, a void. It does, right? It's it's a trip, man. But that's how you know he's missed everybody. All right. Less cozy without the blanking and giggles. Yeah, man. Yeah. But you know we should get him back here real soon, y'all. So no fear, no worries. All Hopefully right. his moves going well. I know, man. That's that's the important part. Is that all is well? Okay, so we got some really cool renders and a lot of these renders and like imagery showcases were of da, 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 uh, naval sort of dynamic stuff. We saw like docks, ships, stuff of things. We got some different environment art, like snowy mountains and landscapes. There was a whole lot of imagery there of like new biomes and stuff like that. So. Oh man, just yeah, ruins, docks, all, all kinds of stuff and things that we it's just great to see because this is stuff in the world that we're gonna be running around on. Um I don't know. Those man. high mountain plains really speak to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of people in the community that were hanging out when we did the the post live stream. Uh, well, we do a live stream after the Ashes of Creation one. And we basically like gather people's thoughts and feedback and stuff like that, which I still have some of those comments that people mentioned from last time to share today. Um, and we'll be going over some of that here here soon. One of the one of those comments was actually um, discussing uh, Steve. Steven was not in GM mode, right? And I saw a formula. And it was GM Steven in regular mode plus 1K Barrett's equals dead GM. So I guess he does die in his own game sometimes. You know? Occasionally. Or in PvP. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God, there they are again, those mountains, man. So th th this may just be a darker side of me or something, but one of the first things I noticed when I was looking at the, all the village uh, captures there, mm -hmm. there's a spot for public hanging. <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm, I sit there and I'm thinking like why is that the first thing I see when I look at this first off but <laughs> I thought we were not like a, coming in at, at a very low level of civilization <laughs> here so I'm wondering what is the meaning here what is the purpose if this is like a stage 2 stage 3 node what's going on in this game mm. <laughs> oh, that's that's the mayor impeachment process <laughs> Impeachment All right, Katak, there's your next uh, goal. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not going to say anything more on air, but mm -hmm. there you go. Uh, interesting to see what you come up with. Yeah, there was a lot of people that were saying, like, I know Psychophobic and several other people in the community were going, yo, would really love to see some of this stuff. Here, look at this. Yeah, the Pirate Cove was fantastic. That's the so fly through, yeah. Mm-hmm. People are ready. So much, yeah, there's so much care taken with these environments. It's just it's it's impressive every single time. Mm -hmm. Every time without yeah. fail. 
And that these are good. Like they said, this was the final stage, but these things, these NPC areas are going to level up along with the node in the world too. Like you were talking about earlier with the corruption leveling up. Yeah. A lot of these side villages and other NPC hubs are going to be leveling up in the world too, to really create that mm -hmm. living world. Love it. Dude. Oh, that pirate area looks so cool, dude. Yeah. It's just good seeing cutouts like this. People are ready to see more of the, the pirate slash naval content. People were talking about, yo, I want a, I want a pirate themed pack. They want a pirate themed pack. They want to, they want to see more around the naval content. You know, patience is, is a tough thing right now for, for those pirates out there who are ready. Yar. Sorry, that was a really bad yar, matey, whatever. It's fine. Let's move on, shall we? There was um discussion around no hard caps, you guys. Did you guys hear that? A little bit, yeah. I thought they were talking to uh, just your gold count, but uh, it was stats as well. It was. And thoughts? that's that's really interesting to me that there is no hard cap. I understand diminishing returns, so mm -hmm. I'm curious how you know, throughout testing, of course, where we'll settle on with what your diminishing return value is, but no hard cap on things like critical hit chance is pretty huge. Yeah. Yeah. And the contesting between stats as well. I mean, I, th I think that might be more just so you can't maybe stack a stat and then it always be like an, I win button. I think that's good that they have that in there i mean i would expect it's a balanced tool they can tweak um but that was yeah that was really nice to hear uh too uh i don't know i mean i when i hear diminishing returns like that seems to me like a soft cap right it's not mm -hmm. um so there's still some sort of balancing there but i could understand why they wouldn't want to put hard caps in because that may be more difficult to tweak potentially yeah i think if there's opposing stats so if there's if you have crit chance but maybe there's a defensive stat that you can get that kind of counters crit chance and you had 100 percent of both it's like okay well now it's like it's a 50 50 chance if you're gonna crit kind of thing if they're even something like that to balance it out i think would be really play well with no hard cap yeah i mean i don't know all the math and everything but that seems to me like exactly what i would it imagine contested stats would be is there's a point and counterpoint mm -hmm. and it's not just like one for one so yeah and a, a um, kind of a interplay between offensive and defensive stats sounds like a good way to balance it because then you can have levers to pull on that too oh hi what was that hello that, that's a beautiful armor hello that armor though that that armor right there is like yeah, it's pretty gorgeous, right? Right? Some people are uh -huh. like, it's a little too sharded. The, the, the corruption is coming out of the armor. Like, the corruption crystals are coming out. Uh, yeah, just, just imagine that with your famous glowing eyes, that uh, that metal armor. Homies, can we talk about... Can we sidebar on this for just a moment here? I just want to talk about this, okay? Uh, I... What do y'all think about... Okay. A couple games I've played... I'm a nerd so hard. I'm trying not to. 
a couple games I've played have allowed you to like Ark as an example. Ark is a survival game. You know the Dino one that you see. It's really sci-fi, but you know it, it looks like it's just Dino Land or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but in that game, you can get this like skin for your helmet or whatever, and it makes your eyes like white, and you can like actually like gl- I think you can dye it, and you can make your eyes like different colors and stuff. You know, Scrolls Online, another game, there's a lot of games that have this, right? But you can get, like, skins or, like, cosmetic things, and they give you, like, this effect. I'm really hoping, man, that I can get myself some nice light bringer glowing, like, yellow eyes or whatever that I like to rock. I'm very particular. Like, I'm a man of simple needs, right? Or, or simple simple desires when it comes to how my character looks. I want something that looks badass. I know it's really open-ended, but super badass. Like I'm a light bringer, right? Drop a righteous mace on your corrupt face kind of thing in game, obviously. And then glowing eyes, right? Like I'm working on ascension or something or the light coursing through my veins and my eyes are just illuminated. I love that stuff, man. Uh, to me, that's super high fantasy. Um, another thing that's like similar to that is like gear sets to have ambient lighting or like flame effects or you know things like that uh anyway i, I you guess, want a super saiyan aura i got you i got you i guess yeah that's funny i just you know i i love that stuff so much dude and oh the character models in this game are looking so good for an alpha i hope they have a lot of that stuff like just the the ability to add those on top of whatever your current cosmetic or armor set is as their own separate entity would be Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful beautiful it is yeah yeah i would agree there i mean i the only game that i remember that had some of that um was uh city of heroes that i played um and i definitely was a fan of playing with the different eye effects and, and so on. So, yeah, I think that would be like a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how feasible it'll be that, you know, they have it as kind of a separate entity, but even being able to kind of, um, you know, customize to, at some level with dyes, I think would be nice to be able to do. Maybe it's not like you change the color or change the, like the shape of, you know, the eye effect, but you maybe just have a color choice. I think that would be neat as a dye effect. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, uh, Faisal? What, what do you think would be a really cool effect to have on as a bunny in game? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Oh, eyes. Nothing? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. He looks angry all of a sudden. Is that just me? Or does he actually look kind of mad? It's really weird. I feel like he's looking at me, silently judging me, actually, like, maybe wants to murder bunny me. I'm sorry, Faisal. I can't wait for you to be here to clarify if any of that was actually happening. But, you know, because in spirit, essence, the essence of Faisal was summoned. I don't know if that actually works that way in Vera, but we'll pretend like it does because it's sure, sure a lot of fun. It really is weird without him here, isn't it? It is. It is, man. Damn. I miss that kid, man. Okay. You're back soon. Yeah, real soon, man. Here we go. So we had a few uh, comments from uh, people. I'm going to actually hit on those. And then I'm going to, well, first I'm going to hit on the Q&A. Then I'll hit on those because some of that might be answered by or tie into the Q&A. Their Q&A portions they had. I'm going to kind of just rattle through these friends. Um, how do you plan to balance the action camera to make it as viable as tab, which often offers more control over visibility, such as looking behind you? That was a question I really liked seeing. Um, that one again, for me as someone who's a theory crafter and a combat guru kind of guy, I like to get in there and theory craft and do combats and like all day, like 
all day, right? Love that shit. The ease of switching back and forth between action and mouse is our answer to this. Okay. The definition of the action camera is to have the movement tied to the mouse. So having te templated attacks tied to your reticle for easier usage, etc., and a couple of other things should balance things out. Also, we'll likely add a hotkey um, that when held down lets you look behind until you release the key. But the objective is to provide people with the ability to play the way they want to play. That was great. What do you think about that, guys? I liked it. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty happy with that. It's remaining dynamic and up yep. to the player. So yep. you, you have the freedom to do it. Have at it. Yeah. And I'm hearing a lot of like, you know, it's a dynamic, but I'm hearing fluidity as well. And that's what I like to hear is that there's like, you're not going to be unable to see a part of your environment if you need to, um, which visibility is situational awareness and combat super important, whether you're talking PVE or PVP, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm not going to talk about the one around apartments. This one right here, though, was the uh, one that Daedalus talked about in the beginning, which is one of his takeaways that he mentioned. Okay, and I'm actually read the question, which was how much stronger can we expect legendary equipment over other in-game equipment? And the answer was that something we'll get to once we begin testing on those aspects, but there's a lot of different ways that we want to play with it. But since it's a PvP game, the difference will not be explosive. Legendary equipment will give you an advantage, but it won't be a game changer. Expect a lot of balancing, roughly 6 to 12% increase in base stat values, but this needs to be tested. Legendary should not just be stat bars, but they should be feel different. I love this about the feel different part. This I love so, so much, right? Because it means a person can be viable with a variety of different gear sets and combinations. At least that's what I'm hearing. And it doesn't mean if you don't have this, you don't count. It just Absolutely. gives a different dynamic to the gameplay, right? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. This one, for any people out there that are like Hannibal Husbandry gurus, this one's going to kind of be something to kind of maybe potentially hear. Um, as it could tie into that, it says, will I be unable to tame a monster in the wild that has the same appearance as a cosmetic mount pet? Okay. There'll be a wide array of creatures in the world. Some may be tameable, but you need to understand that the taming system is a progression system, which players will have to invest in. All right. And this was an answer that was in response to marketplace cosmetics, not in-game cosmetics. Okay. So people were curious about if that's something that's going to allow them to get cosmetics. And the answer is this system exists in game. So you're probably going to see it tied to in game. So I hope that people got that takeaway. Now <clears throat> there was more discussion on nodes, which I'm not really going to talk too much about. Um, cause something that's been hit on a, a good bit. Um, now if I die to a green mob or fall damage, Am I immediately lootable or do I have a window to recover my stuff? Okay. You won't drop gear unless you're corrupted. Only collected gallerables, but yes, your dead body will be immediately lootable for these gallerable resources by other players. Okay. Thoughts on that? That's fair. I mean, I think so. Mm. Yeah. I think the one thing they, that I would probably say if you should shouldn't be lootable if you're in a group like by your group members i would find that really annoying mm. um you know uh but i would say in in general i don't have an issue with this it's just 
it's just going to drive people to be a little more careful uh, in kind of attacking things. <laughs> and so they're more like strategic, I guess. But yeah, I, I don't have a problem with this. I would just hope that there's like going to be some, um, like if you're in a group that you don't aren't lootable in a group because you might be in a pub. Mm, true. Die accidentally and then somebody's right. like taking your stuff. Yeah, like on the other hand, if you are allowed to be looted in a group, you could have your group members salvage your stuff if you die. If you're if there's a lot of enemies around too in the middle of a siege battle or something. Mm-hmm. Not that you should necessarily be carrying a bunch of gatherables when you go into a siege battle, but you know, as an example, if even in a raid if somebody else, another group comes along and decides to contest you on a boss and that's what, how you died, if your group can loot you or you can loot a group member's stuff and salvage their their valuables, then I, I can see that being a good thing as well. So I think there's a flip side there because absolutely, if you're with pugs and they're just like, I'm going to take your stuff and jet. Yeah. But that's the player agency thing true. that they're often driving towards yeah, too. That's true. There's there, It could go either way. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I think, and you could definitely see dynamics like that too, because like we talked a, a couple weeks ago, right, about how uh, someone had mentioned in a comment on a video about how they, you know, had this concern of, uh, you know, open world PvP. You remember that where we talked about that, and we talked about how people in the community and the server will tend to bolster around uh, people to help them. So, I mean, I could see in a situation like this where, like, if you're in a group and then someone, you know, in a random group like that. And then something like that happens, how, you know, if you could loot party members, how that could end up becoming like some sort of a, you know, like problem. But then again, you know, player agency, right? You want choices and consequences to be there. But then it's like the question of like, well, how taxing do you really want it to be to somebody who's just, you know, maybe just casual and maybe, you know, the balance between the casual and the hardcore, you got to find that, you know, solid like middle ground to where it's like, yeah, it might be a game where you've got to work for it. Um, but like how taxing is too taxing for the general player base versus like the hardcore people, you know? Um, I'll go on, bud. No, I said agreed. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I like that. And we did get a little bit around the NPCs and uh, quests. So will all quests given by NPCs stay static as long as the node remains at the same level or will there be conditions that change the quest or can change the quest? It ha- depends. It says in a, if a particular node stays at a particular stage, but the neighboring node advances and your quest interacts with them, things might change. You might see downing certain world bosses affect some quest lines. So there's a lot that goes into it, but the vast majority it's tied to node progression while others are tied to other systems or mechanics. That was really good to hear because... When we talk about the zones of influence for nodes and the zones of influence uh, are a huge factor in, in how like we've often contemplated how dynamic the world could be, how, how easily changeable uh, the narrative could become from one server to another. So hearing that that is a possibility is, is very encouraging because I feel like a lot of times I've only really hoped for the, that to be something, but you know, to, for them to actually be saying directly that, yeah, this is going to impact things. It could, you know, change the dynamic for the narrative completely in that area. That's good. Um, and it makes me think that they've also got, I think a lot of, I think they've got a lot of tethers 
to different quest points that they've very intricately probably been mapping out. And uh, it makes me very curious for exactly how deep the narrative and its interchangeability goes. Yeah, this is one scenario where I don't really mind the fact that they're hesitating on a question. And I, I say that with the intent that they are not trying to reveal a lot, but they have by the way they answered this question, that saying that it depends and yeah. there, that there's so many different layers that, you know, would need to occur you know, or, or can occur that could impact a quest, right? Changing a location or mm -hmm. potentially changing a reward or, you know, changing like which faction you gain. I mean, I think that's really neat because mm -hmm. it does um, go back. I think at some point they mentioned, you know, living, breathing world isn't just a buzzword. This is exactly how we're, you know, looking to implement this so you can see this dynamic uh, aspect. I thought it was really cool. 100%. Like it's it blows my mind that they're going this is the depth that it's going to. I would not want to sit back and look at the flow chart of quest lines cuz it would probably no. hurt my brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, man. I got enough of that going on in my own little world. I don't need to see that. It's like it's like seeing someone else's like, you know, cluster of stuff. <laughs> it's like, nope, I'll take the delivery of wherever we're at. You tell me it changes, it changes. It's great. I don't want my I don't want to I don't want a pin board of, of, of what they've got planned out. Although I think it would be very interesting to see if you, if you were able to actually track all that. Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see what they ended up coming up with and, and how deep it actually goes, but mm -mm, nope, I'm good. I'm good with you guys keeping that all secret. Also, I think they kind of have to. Yeah. Right. The narrative is something. Yeah. They've said it from day one. The narrative is something that they are not going to be sharing you're not getting the main story until you get in there and figure it out, which is beautiful because server A, B, C, and D could all have very different progressions of like what's going on in the world. Can you imagine? Oh, I've yeah. been adamant from day one. I do not want it all spoiled before yeah. the game gets released at a retail level. Like even mm -hmm. in the betas, we can test the quest structures and the quest lines, the mm -hmm. mechanical systems underneath. Just put in gobbledygook jargon text, make us work through... Uh, you know, some storybook we all read in high school or something. And that's fine by me. The tech content doesn't matter. The, let's test the mechanics. When I get into the game for the first time, I want to experience that for the first time with everybody else. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So I'm not doing that whole head start servers we've talked about. I have access to do it. I'm not going to. I'm just not. I, I want to jump in there with my homies, go on the journey together. I don't want to. I don't want I don't want to be ahead. I just don't. There's, there's a lot to win an MMORPG for me. There's a lot to win an MMORPG launches. There's just a lot of really fun experiences. Just really just exciting times that you, you get one time. Yeah. You know? Um, and that raises a question with this mm -hmm. dynamic quest mm -hmm. system. How yeah. are we going to miss stuff potentially by developing certain areas by killing a world boss sooner than you know other quest lines would have dictated us to kill that are we going to miss out on quests entirely are we going to miss portions of quest lines and pick them up at a later stage i'm curious how that's going to work i can't see a lot of stuff being missed entirely but there might become then it, it might be a very hard way to discover it or it might get shifted to other nodes mm -hmm. or something potentially 
dude. Here's here's a here's a question that is gonna be fun. Ah, okay. Will the winner of the military node tournament automatically become the mayor, or can they pick someone else as a mayor? Love the answer. The military node is not a political node. It's meant to be a brute force style node. Someone having a champion is a political move. So no, it's not supposed to be who is the most powerful player. Uh, and that player is at the top as mayor. Or it's supposed to be a who is the most powerful. Not like, oh, I'm going to pick my champion to fight for me. And then it's mine. Nah, man. Mm -mm. You earn it through your battle. You earn it. I love it, dude. Because that's like... You know, that's how I got, you know, Emperor and Elder Scrolls Online. Like, I didn't have a group that held me, helped me. Some people did. But I had to, I had to bust my ass and I had to work really hard and it was exhausting. Something I'll probably never do again. But I wanted it and I worked really hard for it. When I achieved it, that was mine. That was all mine. Right? And, uh, you know, it would have been very... I can only imagine if, like, someone was like, okay, cool. Now give it to me, give me the title. You just won. You just became the emperor, but but actually it's me because remember I'm paying you fifty k gold or some something ridiculous. Which by the way, that would have been that would have been super cheap, wouldn't it have been? I'm sure people are doing it, but I digress. Yeah, I like it. You you fight for it, you earn it. You know, you die. You got to die or survive to become the leader. Well, it then kind of raises a question on other notes, doesn't it? Like. How are you going to make them all equally interesting? I don't know that they're intended to be all as equally interesting, but rather cater to different types of players and different groups or objectives. Yeah. Of course, I think interesting is probably going to tie into the different people because if you're super into economic stuff or the scientific stuff, something that you know isn't really a fight might be more your jam. The economic note, can you imagine like... I could think of some people who would potentially rise to the top of that, like my little brother. He has a ridiculous amount of gold in ESO, man. He just like floats that stuff like it's nothing to him. I'm just like, geez, homie. Crazy. <laughs> I will be staying as far away from economic nodes as possible. I am broke in every game I play. <laughs> <Are you? laughs> yeah, I, I think it's taken me more almost two decades to get as much gold as i have and it's still a drop in the bucket from what most people have in mmo <laughs> oh i'm getting people in chat talking about needing the pirate crusader packs but yeah overall I'm not gonna hit on the other q a bits there was one about like will quest uh will the quest that determine divine node leadership be solo oriented or group so individual solo quest you could rely on some external help for certain quests like friends helping with uh you to you know kill with kills on the quest or whatever, but generally the divine node quest chain will be individual based as it focuses on your personal contribution. So yeah, really good to hear that. A lot of this is really going to tie back to the individual, right? The individual earning, earning what they're actually gaining in the game and not like, you know, community coming around going, we're going to bolster around this person and make sure that they get it. Like I like that. I'm hoping and I'm liking what I'm hearing that potentially that's not the way we're going. Um, so let's get to some of the questions in the community. I'll go ahead. I was going to say, there is a node for that. It's a scientific node. If you yeah. want community support, go to the scientific node where you can uh, encourage your community to vote for you. True. Yeah, true. You want to pay a champion for your military node? No. Go to the economic node and buy it. 
So or bid anyway. I've got a question in chat. How far have they have they come on creating the nodes? I feel like we've seen so little, and it's such a crucial system. It'd be nice to at least see a, a POC. So I mean, they've I mean they've definitely referenced and showcased it a bit. Um, that they've gotten to like you know they they've showcased up to level three or the town stage village town stage if you will um that's about as far as as i've gotten but yeah that's a good point though half tilt scientific might be for you i'm actually really curious about the the uh, divine nodes like the most um yeah. and just like the superpowers and what we're gonna get for that one that one's really intriguing although i never really expected that i would probably be that interested in that one but i am genuinely really interested in that one um let's hit on these points real quick because i'm realizing the time here friends there was a lot to talk about though man a lot to rant about but a lot to talk about because we saw a lot of good things um error in chat had said um yes on friday i really liked this month's stream my only issue was with the dragon without the wings they showed which i he's, yeah go ahead he's the elder dragon's helper when you go to fight the elder dragon yeah he's gonna be right there's just be two or three of them flanking him just you wait and see right like dragon bears or something <laughs> you got bears. <laughs> this was a good question from wizzy uh one of, one of my homies here in the community and virtue shout out to my guild virtue i'll rock by the way said i had a question if you're a non-combatant do you get flagged for looting bodies that's a good one I think that you should. That is a good question. I think that would depend um, on whether or not you know that person was flagged and or corrupt. I think corruption is probably different, in my opinion. Maybe you shouldn't be flagged for dealing with a corrupted person's loot, but I don't know. I think we'd have, just have to see what the scenarios, how the scenarios play out. But in general, I would say you should be flagged because otherwise that could be very exploitative. Right, like somebody just kicking back and going, yo, I'm just going to chill and wait till y'all kill this guy and then I'm going to go loot some stuff. And thanks, bye. Like stealth up as a rogue or something. Be like, doo, 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 doo. Oh, oh, there's the death killing blow. Oh, loot. And then they bounce. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I agree with that, but at the same time, whether you're flagged or not doesn't protect you nope. either. It doesn't. And so if, if, you, if somebody, if you just watch somebody kill somebody, whether it was a PK or a duel or whatever it was, if, if you go up and try to ninja loot that corpse while the other person's still there, they might be at a low health, but you're not protected from them. Mm -hmm. and, and you could kill them to protect yourself and take both if they're low health, mm -hmm. which would be very advantageous, especially if you're a rogue. Or you try to risk it and run and hope that they don't come after you. I would think maybe being flagged as a combatant, regardless of whoever else, whatever that body was flagged at, would be okay. Not corrupted. I think corrupted would be too extreme. Oh, yeah, because corrupted is but, yeah, because corrupted is like a very intentional thing versus like being in combat. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and and I think of games like maybe where the question is stemming from um, a game like WoW. If you're playing on a PVE server, if you're not flagged, then you're immune. To yep. the opposing faction, yep. whereas th in this game, that's not True. at all the, the situation. So I, I, I don't know that it needs to be flagged, but if you were flagged as combatant, I can see that being a very reasonable uh, compromise, if you will. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's my take, too. Yeah, I'm kind of there. So we had a couple other points. Um, 
definitely talked about the uh, some people were kind of waiting on like a shaman outfit but there was it was actually showcased there actually was one not too too long ago and it was the please hold wait for it i've got it right here it was the voyager plus pre-order pack from june 2019 to july um and that one was the one that had like that kind of like vec orc kind of shaman vibe to it i think it was um so there was one that was like a bit of a shaman kind of a shaman get up but yeah we, i would like to see a really shamanistic sort of themed pack sometime soon along with the pirate one would be super cool i'm gonna hit on this last one right here friends because we're about that that time we got one from troll tolls here who listened to the podcast from last week would like to say that maybe we kind of missed something and this was if you remember we talked about guild halls and fortresses for a bit we talked about the meaningful objectives in guild wars um or that the guild halls and fortresses could be meaningful objectives in guild wars not just something for points but something you can attack and siege for resources and other items um, yeah, I, I think that I would like to see that as well. Um, I think that a big part of the, uh, the guild wars system is going to really tie into that. And I, you know, we talked about how like, you know, a guild fortress, for example, could be significantly difficult to, to actually take out, um, just because of the fact that they've accomplished a lot of things. Um, but I think one thing about that, that I do wonder is, um, how strong should a fortress be? You know, like on what level does that, like what strength level should a fortress have for a guild who has accomplished a lot versus a guild hall that maybe is, you know, we'll, we'll consider like the standard, maybe more normal players, more community oriented. Maybe they raid, maybe they complete raids, but they're not like hardcore in-game players who are like living their life to complete those objectives and try to race for first, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think for me, it's more of like on the spectrum of like these two ending points of someone that's more casual versus like the more hardcore from a guild hall to a fortress. Like what's, how does that scale up and what's it going to take to actually take it down? I think that's the thing I'd like to see maybe a little more info around from them because I think that's going to be super important to, you know, like how, how big is your group going to need to be? How many people are you going to need to have? Can a guild go after another guild specifically? Or maybe they're going to have to have X amount of different alliances in order to actually make that happen. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I like the idea of objectives as well. I mean, I know the castle sieges have some objective-based things in order to maybe weaken, weaken it. Um, so I think it'll be cool to have those types of mechanics too. And, and I like the fact that they potentially could be optional. Okay, if you want more of like a hard mode siege or you've got like mm. a certain type of mix with your group. So you're going to want to maybe, I don't know, disable some alarms or whatever. I mean, you know, whatever they've got in there um, and to help. And again, I don't I don't want there to be such a difference that it goes from hard to easy, but at least gives you, again, some incremental advantage yeah. that makes it, you know, is incentivizing players to you know, try different tactics, right? As opposed to it being the same thing, you know, beat my face against a wall until they crumble mm. kind of deal. Yeah, I get that. So I, I remember reading on the wiki about um, guild fortresses, guild halls, that sort of stuff, and kind of the roles that they were at a discussion level considering uh, they would play within Guild Wars. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to create objectives around or even within those guild halls. So, for example, there could be a relic type item 
in your guild hall that the opposing warring guild, they are the only ones that can see that item, Mm -hmm. but they need to either sneak or break into there and capture it, whether it's a, a, it requires channeling time or you just loot it and go and you have to, and it like sets off an alarm or something. I think it's like some crazy jewelry heist or something night at the museum. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but having something like that, I think would be, super super cool if they actually incorporate that and even things that are outside of that that can you know you have objectives outside of the the guild fortress or guild hall as well to compete with that would be really neat i agree well that my friends is our show we have hit on a whole bunch of things i want to read one question from chat and that's going to be the last one we read before we wind this down uh, from Neo in chat there said, are you concerned that they haven't nailed the combat yet? I'm afraid that combat, bad combat might gatekeep players from getting engaged in the world and the other systems because they drop off before they get to experience them. Uh, Mortal Online 2, uh, that is in stress testing now, it's a good example, I feel. Um, it has a very complex crafting and a bit complex in my opinion, but the movement combat is so bad that Mortal 1 was only able to attract a niche audience and mortal two looks like no better so far. So mortal um, online two is one where you actually have to like, kind of, you know, put your weapon into certain positions um, similar to, it reminds me a lot of like for honor, that game that released years back um, where you essentially have to like put your weapons into different positions to block and things like that. Um, am I concerned about the combat system myself being now being nailed right now? I would say no. And that's because they're in a pre alpha testing stage at this point in time. If we were in beta and they were preparing to launch and that system was not, you know, was not solid and was not fluid and was not like ironed out at that point, I would be having concerns because my concern would be in my opinion, being in beta where that's still an issue shouldn't be happening. That should be in the alpha stage. I think that combat should be, ironed out, squared away, flushed out really well by before you get to the end of your alphas. Because beta is more of a, this is what it's going to feel like. Now let's maybe tweak a few last things we've got to tweak out before we get this thing live and get to it. Um, so no, I'm not concerned about it. What about you guys? Any thoughts around that or any of the points on that? I would agree. I mean, I think you summarized it pretty well. It's in pre-alpha and they've already talked about the fact that they are working on combat in mm-hmm. addition to the back end, which are my top two in terms of, you know, what should be worked on in an alpha stage. I mean, obviously there's other systems that they'll get to in alpha two, right. but for alpha one, yeah. definitely combat and, um, and back end stability is important. Definitely. Yeah, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I, I agree, Neil. I think combat is fundamentally important and if they don't execute it very well, it can break the game entirely. Absolutely. But I also agree with uh, Sim and Daedalus. I'm not concerned just because of the stage we're at and their awareness of the system. And even in, in the live stream on Friday, Jeffrey Bird talked about we've got changes coming, we've got a new system coming. And then from there, it's going to be an iterative process through the testing phases while we tweak and balance it. So mm-hmm. yes, there's a lot of aspects of the combat system, a lot of things to consider. Um, and we're very, very far away from getting all of the elements to test, but they're aware of that. They're transparent about it and they have a process for it. And it's not a, it's not an end date process. It's a continuing process. It's an evolving process. Yeah. Not, not worried. 
Yeah, and you know, Daedalus, I know, can can definitely kind of like vouch for this too. Like, we get to a point where I'm going, I don't know, man. I don't know about this dude. Like, I don't know, man. This isn't, I got concerns. I don't white knight it. Like, I'll raise my concerns. I have for years now since this show's been going. Like, and constructive criticism, obviously, you try to, you know, stay the course, stay on the path. But, you know, if I'm concerned about something, I, I definitely, you know, we, we definitely talk about those concerns here too. But, um, I'm happy with the fact that overall in the past year or so on the show, I, I don't feel like we've had too many, you know, I would agree there. I'm, I'm happy with that. I really am. Cause there was a period of time where we did, there were some points where we did, we really did. Um, but I'm happy to say, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that way right now about where we're at. So yeah, gentlemen, good show. We definitely missed Faisal. Um, not having him here was definitely, it was definitely different, but, um, look forward to having him back on. Yeah. <laughs> He's right there in spirit though, isn't he? And, uh, with that being said, gentlemen, I'm gonna let you shout out your domains and where people can find you when you're not here on the show. And we're going to be on episode 120 next week. Yo, what crazy Daedalus. All right. You can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash the Ashen Herald. There you go. And half tilt. I am on Twitter at half underscore tilt and Twitch and YouTube, both uh, half tilt gamer. And friends, I want to encourage any of you who are listening or watching. If you really do enjoy this show, you enjoy the community and, and all of your times here. Um, remember you two are a pathfinder, whether you're on the show, whether you're here watching and hanging out with us, dropping comments, listening to the podcast on all the podcast places and audio format and everything. Definitely encourage you to come join us here for the live show so you don't miss out on some of the things, uh, just funny moments that you don't really get to fully take in unless you actually see it happen. Um, but also, if you do enjoy the show, please do consider going to our iTunes. It's pinned to the top of our Ashes Pathfinder profile on Twitter, which is at Ashes Pathfinder um, with no S at the end. And you can go there. It's pinned to the top. You can follow the link. Give us a five-star review if you enjoy the show. Leave us a comment. And if you do, we'll read that comment here live. You can also do a call into one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. And friends, thanks for a great show. It's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. And we will catch you next week for episode one twenty. Until then, you all take care of yourselves and much love to Intrepid Studios, all of you. And we will see you again real soon, friends. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Good night, guys.